Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that is begging to carry Tom Hardy's illegitimate love child. I'm Ian Whittington and as always, this is the Irishman that can relate to being left in charge of something he doesn't fully understand whilst being shouted at by an Englishman doing a dodgy accent. Sean Berwick! I mean, cut straight to the fucking core of me there, Ian. Um... <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good. I can't help thinking of... It's not an Irish thing, but I can't help... When Donald was on the phone, I can't help thinking of poor Sean. <laughs> oh. So it is cider you're drinking. Yeah. Yeah, listen, right. I've had one... So it's 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 a bottle of fizzy pop. It's a bottle of fizzy pop. <laughs> yeah. how, many, how many ciders exactly is it, Donald? Uh, listen, all right. I'm not drunk, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I well, can't drive. <laughs> I can't have that on my record. I just not again. No. Cool. Yes. Um, we are going to talk about Locke as our Rewindables series continue. Um, so we actually hadn't come up with the title, the Rewindables, last week. So thank you to Albert Hogan, our lovely, lovely Albie, um, for helping us kind of brainstorm and come up with that. I love it. It, it works. Um, well, it doesn't work at all because it's a VHS reference, so it doesn't it doesn't apply at all. Um, but it's oh, still works funny. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can you can yeah. imagine. Um, although spoiler, one of the films is not the horror anthology VHS. It would suit it very well. It would absolutely. Ah. I mean, it's is would that even be close to your list? Uh, no. no, 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 not even. No, no. I mean, I have seen it. It isn't. I've seen the first two. Uh, I think there's three. There's probably more than I'm thinking of, uh, and they're both very watchable. Like they're they're not bad in any way. Um, rewindable? I don't know. But definitely worth a watch. No. Did you ever like over rewind a cassette and then it would like you'd, you'd have to like manually? Oh do yeah, it. no, I'm you've not done a terrorist. Too many times and it gets. Oh okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So, how, Sean, how are you? I you am good? good. Yes, thank you very much. Um. I'm trying to think if I have news for this, like personal news. There's there's world news. Quiet week. Not much happened in the world. Not much. No. Should we go to the news? I think this is a good time to go to the news. Yeah. No fancy intro or movie news this week, just this message. Fuck Donald Trump. See you on the wrong side of history, you big orange what's-it. Um, yeah, I, I decided that, you know, everyone's talking about him these days, so I've decided I'm just going to do this instead. Amy Doris, September 5th, 1997. Karen Johnson, early 2000s. E. Jean Carroll, 1995 or early 1996. Alva Johnson, August 2016. Nene Lockinson, 2006. Jessica Drake, 2006. Karina Virginia, 1998. Kathy Heller, 1997. Summer Zavaris, 2007. Kristen Anderson, early 90s. Samantha Holvey, 2006. Lisa Boyne, 1996. Jessica Leeds, early 80s. Rachel Cooks, 2005. Mindy, Mindy McGivelray, 2003. Natasha Stoyanov, 2005. Jennifer Murphy, 2005. Mariah Bellado, 1997. Tasha Dixon, 2001. Cassandra Serlis, possibly 2013. Jane Doe, obviously not her real name, 1994. Bridget Sullivan, 2000. Temple Taggart McDowell, 1997. Jill Harth, 1993. Ivana Trump, 1989. And those are the 25 people uh, who have accused him of sexual misconduct. And I think it just, while that motherfucker is having his little tantrums, uh, just something that bears remembering. 
Well, fingers crossed, this is where his legacy ends. But Sean, shall we move on to some happier things? Let's talk about some movies we want to recommend. On to much happier things, yes. Do you have a film you'd like to recommend? This I week? do have a film I'd like to recommend, and it's it's strange. So it's been sitting there on the watch list for a little while, and it's called Guns Akimbo, and it stars Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. Uh, Samara Weaving, uh, uh, the film itself is really, really good, but Samara Weaving is quickly becoming one of my favourite actresses at the moment. Uh, she's in films like, obviously, Guns Akimbo. She's in Ready or Not, which is amazing, and everyone stop what you're doing and watch it right now. Uh, I I can't remember Ready or Not. Ready What's, or Not, she marries into the wrong family. Okay. That's, no, I don't remember that. Oh, so. No, it's brilliant. It's like 2008, 2019, I think. It's it's very, very Okay, good. quite recent. Uh, she also starred in the Netflix horror The Babysitter. She also starred in the Ryan Murphy series um, Hollywood as well. So she's, she's very much an up-and-comer at the moment, but she plays... She plays quite the demented character in this film called Nix, <laughs> and uh, the, the look would remind you a little bit of uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie's oh, Harley awesome. Quinn. Oh, uh, awesome. Nice. Daniel Radcliffe is, at the start of the movie, he is a feckless, lounging drinker with nothing going on. His girlfriend has left him. Uh, he spends his evenings uh, posting trolling comments against trolls. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. I can get on board with that. But then he does it on the wrong website and wakes uh-huh. up with two guns bolted to either one of his hands. And he's told that if he doesn't kill Nix, she'll kill him. And the movie begins. Oh, that's incredible. It's actually very, very... And you know, it's done firmly tongue-in-cheek. It's it's very much yeah. a black comedy. And yeah, it's really, really good. And clips along. I think it's about an hour 30, maybe an hour 40. Completely nice. clips along at a good play, pace. It is gruesome. Just for, it, okay. for the squeamish out there. You have been warned. I love, with a passion, the choices that Daniel Radcliffe has made post Potterverse. Like it's like he deliberately went, you know what? Fuck that. This is this is me now. First of all, I'm gonna let it all hang out on stage with a horse. Um, <laughs> then I'm gonna get haunted by a th- by a, a thing. So good. Um, yeah, brilliant, lovely woman in black. Um, then I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to play a corpse on an island, um, and I'm missing out a ton of stuff in between. But his his career has gone bonkers, and I love it. He seems to have completely successfully broken the Hollywood destroys child actor uh, stereotype, which is nice. yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's really nice to see. Yeah, probably about sixty decades, sixty decades. Jesus, six decades too well. late coming. Um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Um, I okay, cool, good recommend on that one. Um, I'll probably watch that. The I wish I could recommend something. I have ah, to give an anti recommend, a, a D recommend, even a D recommend. Um, yeah, this is a hard, hard warn. I don't recommend anybody watch this film, which is horrible because people made this film and they had a job and they did a thing, and I'm sure people are proud of it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called Spree. Now, yes. Spree. It's all um, cell, cell phone footage. For, uh, cell phone footage for our American audience, sorry. <laughs> it's it's mobile phone footage. Um, so the premise is this guy wants to go viral. 
that is the premise of it. Um, and he has a friend that he used to, well, friend in inverted commas, a kid that he used to babysit that has basically in about six weeks managed to get more fame and more notoriety than he has in the 10 years that he's been having his channel. Um, and he's just like, how would you do it? And long story short, the only way he can think of going viral is to kill a bunch of people under the guise of an Uber. So Spree is this film's version of Uber. Um, yeah, so he picks people up and he kills them. And then he videos it. And that's the movie. There is no subtlety in this film at all. Um, there isn't a decent joke, I hope, because if it's trying to be funny, it isn't. Um, like, is it a comedy or is it a it's a like a horror? To say or? it's a dark comedy is an understatement. This is a black hole comedy. Like, no light or joy escapes it at all. Um, I get what it's trying to say, but it does it with no subtlety whatsoever. It's like, yes, it's ridiculous trying to get famous on the internet. Yes, people will do ridiculous things, but this is like the lowest common denomin- denominator, lowest common. No, denom- yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's that. Uh, cool. Go and kill a bunch of people and record it. But there's nothing else to the story. There's no, like, kind of... Nothing in it. It was all shocking, but none of it shocked me. Mm. <sighs> so just disappointing. Because the trailer to it looked quite funny. Because he he kind of does this instructional video on how to poison a bottle of water. And it's under the guise of a life hack video. So it's like, well, if you peel the label off of the bottle and then you inject it just here and you re-glue the label, nobody will ever know. What it doesn't do very well is address his mental health because this guy obviously needs help and it's not addressed and it's not handled well or delicately. Um, Yeah, it's a hideously, hideous, hideous film. So, oh, yeah, um, Joe Keery is so Stranger Things. Uh, Joe Keery, what's his? Yeah, it is your man from Stranger Things. It's the um, the love interest. Yeah, he, tur- he turns out to be a good guy. He's kind of a douche in the first few episodes, and he turns yeah. out to be actually a good guy. Bit the one simple, with the hair, but yeah, exactly. He's the one with the hair that is a bit douchey, but turns out to be all right. He's like Zach from Saved by the Bell. Um, God. yeah, it's it's him, and it's really bad. It's so bad. Sorry, guys. Please don't. I'm doing you a service. Do not watch this movie. Um, alrighty. I will do. Oh, w- one thing. I This this is neither a recommend nor not, because I know neither of us have seen this yet, but apparently the world is watching Bridgerton. I, I've heard 50-50 things about it. You either hate yeah, it or same. love it. Yeah, like straight down the middle. Yeah. I've had a few fans text me going, basically, like that, drop what you're doing now and yeah. watch Bridgerton. And there I am holding a newborn going, all right then. Um, dropped yeah ooh it doesn't bounce um, and then yeah other people just like no it's fluff it's not good but again not having seen it and please this is the bit where I ask people listening to let us know if you're watching it or what you think of it because is it just like delightful fluff that we need right now because mm-hmm. we're as of recording we're 10 days into 2021 and oh my god stop trying to go hard or go home 2021 <laughs> 2020 yeah. did everything in a year pace yeah. yourself 2020 wasn't a challenge it, it didn't need to be beaten <laughs> it's stop a limit it. not a target yeah uh. exactly um so i it reminds me of the favorite did you ever watch the favorite i didn't i just it just 
haven't yeah, got around to it yet. It. I liked. I really, really liked the favourite. I think it was really clever. Um, it, it feels like the TV version of that. It says the, okay. an, a person who equally hasn't seen Bridgerton. But <laughs> I love this. This should be the segment Ian and Sean comment about things they haven't watched and probably won't. Oh, this is good. Actually, we, we can make a new game out of this where we, we talk about things like this and then much later on down the line, like, I don't know, summer, we come back and we go, we play the audio from this bit and go, yes. my God, we were either <laughs> right on the money or we hadn't a notion. Okay, rapid prediction. I predict that halfway through the season, a child is born but they don't really believe the father is who everyone thinks the father is. And the season finale reveal will be the father. As long as he arrives in a TARDIS, I'm fine. Okay, cool. I just feel like that's where Doctor Who was going these days as well, in fairness. So your prediction is that Doctor Who turns up in the season finale? I thought you were a fan. (laughs) It's the Doctor, not Doctor Who. Oh my God. If you're going for the Peter Cushing universe, then it is Doctor Who. Okay, right. While that was an admirable ah. attempt, admirable attempt ah. at saving there, we don't actually have the rights to discuss the Peter Cushing films, and so uh, oh, they damn. never happened. Right, okay. Well, insert TARDIS thing here, and let's move on. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, so... Oh, I'm so, right, no, sorry. Before we get on to Locke, I have a request of everybody. We want to do some um, Twitter questions um, on the show. So please mm. message us any questions. Um, I mean, they can literally be anything because we'll choose what we talk about or not. Um, so whether it's about the pod itself, our favourite movies, things that you would like to see on the show, things that you'd like to hear, movie recommendations, anything you want to talk about, we want to get you involved with the pod. Um and talk about it on the show. Cool. Seriously, just and um, you know anything, anything is fine. Uh, example answer: It hangs to the left. You know, whatever. I knew really, going to do that. I knew. Of it. course, just, you knew I was going I to can't do that. Just do a good segment, solid segment, without you slipping it in. Wayo. <laughs> I mean, the joke writes itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the name of your sex tape as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we've talked about the key. So let's talk about the lock. Damn. Nice. Thank you. Thank Brilliant. you very much. I'm really quite proud of that one. That was excellent. <laughs> right, so uh, the um, the Rewindables part two. It's my turn. Um, Lock. Now, like we said, this isn't necessarily our favourite films, but this is the ones that we have to keep watching. Um, and I'm really glad that a couple of you guys on Twitter watched it as well. Um, Sarah and um, Cybox Haircut, I think... Justin, your partner. I'm sorry if I've got everyone's names wrong. However, Cybox Haircut is possibly the best Twitter handle in the world. What a great Twitter handle. It's awesome. Um, so thank you. So I know a few of you guys um, watched, not necessarily watched along with us. That's something we want to do in the future, but um, watched the film so and gave us a bit of a chat on Twitter. So really, really glad that you guys loved the film as well. Um, Sean, what did you expect going into the film? Because obviously uh, I'd hyped it up massively, massively, massively. So, okay, so the the general premise I, I got, like, it's Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and a half. So that, that much is fine. Yeah. So what I started Something to wonder... Something dramatic then, happens on this car journey. Yeah. That's the only primer that I had as well. That, that that's it right so even even the tra- so i watched the trailer just before watching the film right i how do you I, make I always a trailer do that. for this film seriously yeah exactly how, how? you know you have to you know obviously condense it but it's actually really clever because it doesn't give anything away so when i found out 
what he's in the car for. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I just made an absolute meal of trying to subtly get the lid off of my drink, and I just failed. Sorry. Clickety clickety. Continue. Uh, I thank you. Um, watch as all that is cut out of the pot. Um, nah. But, nah. Um, all right, so I, I thought, so somewhere along the way, I, I got it in my head that it was something to do with he was a driver for like organized crime. Or something, or he got caught up in some sort of, you know, yes. illegal activities, and that couldn't be further from no. why he's in the car. It, in a way, it's it, it's kind of the most mundane, normal film. Yeah, like there's not nothing, nothing, in fact, out of what could happen to literally anyone. Yeah, like terrifyingly so. Um, yeah, I had exactly the same thought. Um, I assumed he was on the run, so I thought that he had he was either fleeing. A, I knew it was kind of mundane, so I assumed he was fleeing like an accidental murder or an accident or something like that. And the phone calls that he was making were to cover his tracks, so he was creating alibis for himself, or he was putting pieces into place. Like, right, you hide the body. You need to say I was here at this time. Um, which I th- I actually want to make that film. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm. But yeah, I had no idea it was going to be um, this at all. It's so good. His phone bill by the end of this movie. Oh, come on. He's got minutes. He oh. must. So that will absolutely be a work phone. I'm amazed that it wasn't disconnected, yeah. to be completely honest. Because I'm sure that's a work telephone that he's using. Because it has all of his work contacts in there. Um, it's... It's so funny. I text you in the the opening, let's say, <laughs> ten minutes of this film, and I said it's really hard to like this guy. So um, it, it my... opens up, and you're like, "What? You know, what am I watching here? What? Yeah. Why are we following this guy? Um, he's not really likable." And then it's a bit like it's probably not five minutes after that there is a complete heel yeah. turn in how you feel about him, and by the end of it, you're just. Like, you just it, want some kind of outcome for him, don't you? He yeah. doesn't deserve the best, but you you want him to have something. Um, so my reply to Sean was, "Tell me that at the end of the film mm. that you mm-hmm. still don't like him." Is it will it is complicated? Um, so yeah, so right beginning of the I don't know how to take this other than I'm too excited. I love this film. This film doesn't work without Tom Hardy, does it? Really. What you, you do, you need someone who is an everyman who can absolutely come out. Because it's not just... Th- th- this is a film that lives or dies on every inch of the performance, right? And mm-hmm. not just obviously yeah. delivering the lines, which are... I mean, it's incredibly well-written film as well. But yeah. also, it's the gestures. It's the increasing agitation. It's the yes. swallowing down, the frustrations. Um there. And all of the, all of this film was in the direction and the performance. Um, yeah, the it's it's not a. I thought there would be more to talk about behind the scenes on it, but there's actually it was very very simple. Um, mm. I say it was very simple. It was simpler than I expected it to be. Um, but it is it is all in how tired he is and how Tom Hardy manages to communicate his feelings about everything about his family about his job about his reputation about his dad um so i don't know where you want to jump into 
Actually, I think I think I know like the 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 first choice that he makes. So he leaves the he leaves the cement plant. He leaves the building site mm. and he stops at the traffic lights and he's indicating left. And that seems to go on for an eternity. Yeah, the car behind him is leaning on Beep. the horn. And then you can all, you can mentally see him go fuck it. Indicates right and then it's it's at that point that he's made the decision I am going to London. Um so I guess we can spoil it at this point. Essentially, Tom Hardy uh, is a married man, um, very, very high-profile site manager, building something on the same scale, same scale as a skyscraper, like something. It was actually mm. based on the Shard, um, so it's absolutely huge. Um, he had an affair about eight month, uh, seven months previous, and that woman is now giving birth to his baby. Um, and he decides, I need to be there at the birth. And this is the hour and a half journey from Birmingham to London. And how his life falls apart from there to the hospital. Um, the next morning, it's the the cement pour. This is laying the foundations of the building. It is the most crucial bit of the process. It is the largest cement pour in the history of Europe outside, outside of, of military, nuclear. Yeah, nuclear and military bases, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which we are told several times by, I, I would say several characters, which they are, but maybe we'll several voices. Yeah, several voices. But yeah. they are characters. Like, the the voice acting on the phone calls is phenomenal. Excellent. It's really, really good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's almost on a whim, isn't it, that he decides... I could go home, I could go and watch the football. Yeah, because meanwhile, at his house, oh, his two sons are waiting for him to come home and watch their favourite team on football, his favourite his favorite team on TV. And they've um, even managed to get mum to wear the shirt. Which is a she, big she deal. Never nor- yeah, and she's making yeah. hot dogs as well. His favourite sausages, the German ones. Oh, that's what it is. It's like the perfect thing is waiting for him at home. And he's had to pick a direction that is opposite to that and deal with this mistake. Um, This is where at the start you're just like, oh, what a bastard. Because you don't have all of the facts yet. So you're just like, oh, what a... He's he's clearly got the perfect family at home. And they love him to bits because uh, his wife Katrina comes on the phone. He doesn't tell her straight away. No, he um, there's, gets there's so two phone calls with her, fir- right? No, it's the the first phone call is the one that is the one that he tells her because um, yeah, she's he's telling her to go upstairs, um, yeah. and then he begins to explain everything. So it is quite early on that, he, and it's important that he does that quite early on. Um, but I think where you lost him was that. He was saying, "No, I've only done this once. This is there's only the one that, time. What, that, that doesn't was make it. it okay, does it? It does. And he's he's so right. So, uh, something for the whole film, and that he manages to keep for the whole film, which is almost unnerving in how much you will begin to like him because of this. Is how level-headed." he yes. is throughout the entire film, and it's not. There's no arrogance. There's no like. Oh, let's say in the context of, you know, he's got another woman pregnant. He doesn't turn around and say, I was lonely. You were ignoring me. Yep. Doesn't try and blame her. Nothing like that at all. It's all, it's my problem. I am going to address my problem. Alcohol was involved. She was lonely. I felt sorry for her. I was kind of lonely. Alcohol was involved. 
and it happened. It doesn't make me a good person. Um, but it's the... And I think this is why it's... She is so infuriated with him and why his colleagues are so infuriated with him is because he's all about the next practical step, isn't he? Yeah. How do we move on from this? What has happened has happened. Dwelling on it won't change the situation. What do we do next? Maybe if he'd pleaded and begged for forgiveness... He might have had a. She might. There might have been a different outcome. She might. His wife might have said, "Okay, let's talk about this." But is it more frustrating that he's just like, "Can can we move on? What's next? I really need you to tell me that I have a home to come back to." And that can be, you know, in in the grand scheme, that can be incredibly frustrating when you're being either asked or told by the person who has dropped this bombshell, and it is a bombshell. It completely. Mm-hmm over the course of well over the course of one phone call but obviously over the course of a film destroys their lives as they have known it um and this guy who walked in and dropped this bomb is then i need to know i have somewhere to come home to yeah. i am going to do the right thing here you're being told by the person who has just destroyed your life i'm going to do the right thing and she's like well you didn't do the right thing that's the entire yeah. point is that you didn't do the right thing and the way she reacts feels so, so real because yeah. she's looking around the room and just saying, nothing looks the same. The entire, for anybody that's been through something similar, you look at everything differently. And the things that you associate with that person, they don't look the same anymore. Um, and it was such a real reaction to that situation. Um, and she, she can't deal with it, so she has to hang up. And then it's it's denial and then it's anger, and then it's, right, I've come to a resolution. It's, it, it, it says something as well. I'm jumping around a bit here, but by the time they're having the call where she's just, you know, she, she's talking about nearly washing everything so that his smell yes. is off them. Yeah. You, you've got to the stage where you're like, oh, come on, give him a chance, because you've watched him, because you are just, you're totally, for the, for the whole thing, you're just watching his face, yeah. you know, and uh, listening to him try and just get through this drive, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you're you're just like, oh, you know, come on, he's working really hard here. He's trying really hard. Give him a break. And you're like, hang on, not twenty minutes ago, he just shattered her view of what she thought their life was. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, how really can hard. you how can you go how can you expect a resolution within ninety minutes? Which is what he's asking for. Not only is it an affair, it is now a child that, if she chooses, will be in her life forever as well. Yeah. Um, you, as logical as it is for him, it's like, well, I have all of the facts. So whether I spend 90 minutes thinking about it or 90 days, I should, in theory, be able to come to the same solution. But the rest of the world doesn't work in the same way that his brain works. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So, I mean, that's just that's just one element of the film. So... Why, why, Sean, do we not feel... Why do we feel for him? Why do we feel... And I'm leading you into a one specific backseat of the car. Um, uh, why don't we think this guy's an absolute dick? So, so there's a initially quite odd... Because there's nothing at all... This is, as I say, it is the most mundane... There is nothing straight. There's no flying cars, nothing like that. So when he starts talking to the rearview mirror, there was just that one second of... Ooh, are we about to take a hard left here? <laughs> because he does a couple of eye glances up, and um, I rewatched it with my partner, and she said um, she couldn't quite remember that he has the conversation 
that, mm. that he has. Um, and she was like, is someone following him? Like, why is he looking in the rearview mirror? And I was like, wait for it. Wait for it. I was even thinking, it. is there someone in the boot? Yeah. Oh, man, that would have taken a super dark turn. Wow. Yeah. Like, no one um, was trying to get away. He's got somebody, you know, a body. But it's not that at all. No, he's talking. He's, he's both talking to himself and he is talking to his dad. Yeah. Who is, um, dip it, like, on the surface, he's just imagining his dad sitting in the back of the car and he's just talking to him and talking at him. Really, yeah. although no, the way he's talking, it sounds like it's a conversation. Now, what we see is Tom Hardy talking to the mirror. Yeah. So it's it's left ambiguous enough that is he actually seeing his dad, yeah. or is this very functional? I must have a cause and a solution, man. This is the one thing he doesn't have control over. He does not yeah. have well, not the one thing, but he doesn't have control over what his dad did or didn't do in his life. Yeah, and the way I see it is that these are all of the things he has wanted to say to his dad but couldn't. I think his dad was obviously taken sooner than he expected. Now, he's not sorry about this. He's very happy that he's buried him. But yeah. he would quite happily, and he says it, dig him up and show... I, oh, I love it so much when he's like, I would dig you up and I would show you... I, Get ready to be educated. I'm going to show you what a man does. Mm. And it's just, it's showing him this is what you could have done and it was within your power to do so and I'm going to prove it to you. Um, And the looking in the rearview mirror is such a good choice because if you think about it, he could have just been looking at the road and, and just talking or he could have looked over to the passenger seat next to him and talked. But... I don't know why, but looking in the rearview mirror just gives you a real focus, doesn't it? And you kind of think that the he's always there. Whether whether Ivan is talking to him or not, his dad's in the back seat, gagged, and he's just watching all of this unfold. Or even, you know, the, this is not the most insightful thing you'll ever hear, but the idea of this backseat driver. You know, his dad, you know, could be try, you know, in his head guiding his actions. But in another way, the fact that he is doing what he is doing, he is going to make sure that he arrives in time, hopefully, for the birth of his new child. The fact that he's going to address his problems head on means that he's wresting control away from the backseat driver yeah, who has been absolutely. maybe sitting on his shoulder all of his life, that he's been the, not the devil, but, you know, just that weight, that consciousness, the monkey on your back, if you like. Yeah, and it's probably been stewing for the last, well, seven months since he's had the affair. Mm. I bet the second it, the second he woke up the next morning, he was probably thinking, oh shit, I am my, my father's son. So I think this has been stewing and stewing inside him. Um, and this is the most passionate and emotional that you see him because he, he has to he has to stay calm for Bethan, the, the mother of his child. Um, he's got to stay calm for Donald, the man that he's left in charge of this ridiculous building site. Um, God, the one man you his... wouldn't want in charge. Oh man, like, we'll get onto that. The comic yeah. relief in a film that you think couldn't possibly have comic relief, but it is beautifully, yeah. beautifully balanced. Um, yeah, he's got to be calm for his son because um, he doesn't want to break this to his son, who is, I think, I would probably add a guess, say 13, 14. Uh, it, that, yeah, I get that. Yeah. There, so there's two. There's Sean, who I think is the older of the two, and Eddie, who is the 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. 
And obviously got to stay calm for the wife because she, well, she's his ticket home. Um, yeah, no, li- literally all yeah. she has to do is just change the lock on the door. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and it's when the first time that he speaks to his to his dad in inverted commas in the back seat. Um, it's, yeah, when he says, what the fuck are you looking at? You're laughing. You're laughing at my predicament. So I think it's been playing on his head. It's just like, he, my dad would love to see this because I'm doing the things that... He was probably very high and mighty when his dad walked back into his life saying, I've made something of myself. I'm not a cheating, lecherous old man like you are. Um, but to his credit, he's just like, I'm going to go to exactly the one place that is the worst place in the world for me to be right now. I'm driving straight towards the place where I I definitely shouldn't be driving because I'm not you and I'm going to fix this and I'm going to take care of it. Oh, so, so good. It'll, you'll, you'll admire him to the point of frustration for how much he doesn't lose his cool with any yes. one. Like there's maybe a couple of moments so Bethan who Bethan who by the way is uh, so when I say played by so everyone in this film except Tom Hardy and a couple of like extras are their voices only right so you have yeah. Bethan is played by <clears throat> Olivia Coleman. however they did call they they did phone they oh were, yeah 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 they yeah. were in a hotel making the phone call so the the audio isn't added in later he is hearing their actual voices um mm. Which is really, really important. But yeah, Olivia Coleman. And I hate that this is the description because it's like, really? Like, you did the casting exactly call and it was like, where... you're a lonely old, old woman in, like, that is just lonely and sad and there's nothing about her at all. She doesn't really like life. It was just and then like Olivia Coleman's just like, awful. Hi. Olivia Coleman's lovely. She's amazing. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and she nails that panic and yeah. uh, particularly at loneliness I think is you know if, if you had to think of a word for to just you know describe somebody in one word Bethan is just lonely because she rings him to tell him she needs to go to the loo she rings him to tell him the windows are open she rings him to tell him she loves him and she rings him to tell him she hates him and all of this within exactly he's just frustratingly logical um, because even like Bethan is just a list of problems so the, the the window's open. Okay, get somebody to come in and close the window. I'm in pain. Right, is there a bell? Ring the bell and get them to take away the pain. It's But really what she just wants to do is to, to have a moan with him and get him invested and get him to say, I love you. And he's just like, of, of course, like, don't be... Re-. He's incredulous. Like, don't be ridiculous. I don't yeah. know you. I can neither hate you or love you. You mean literally nothing to me because I don't know you. It's, she can't. She can't understand that. Cause I, um, I'm, I don't. I don't have any kids, so I've not been in the situation where obviously where I'm not giving birth or where I'm waiting for a partner to give birth. But I'm assuming here. But I'm assuming it's a highly emotional time. I mean, I for everyone fair. concerned, that's fair to say. And then, sorry to all the mums out there that Sean just massively understated childbirth. Uh, you know, and you know the dads who went and got pissed in the pub, and the dads who sat there shell shocked. Uh, everyone, right? Because yeah, or like my dad that just passed out. Love you, dad. Well done, mum. Oh, and pretty sure <laughs> my dad was doing something else. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he's none of these things. He's his no. his child is on the way, yep. and he's like, 
you have a problem, so fix it. You are in pain, speak to somebody about it. Yeah. Your windows are closed, or are, are open, close yeah. the windows. Um, and she's like, she's a problem on the list with a subset of problems. And then she's just like, am I here? She's like, am I just on the list? And he's like, yes, I have a list of things that I need to do, and you are on the list. And that, to him, perfectly fine. He's yep. got a to-do list, and she's just on it somewhere. That's that's it, yeah. He's done, like, it's not that he's doing nothing wrong. It's the whole fact that he is accepting that he has done something wrong is what kickstarts the entire, you know, the, the entire series of events. So every yeah. phone call that he has to have, every situation he has to have, is because of what is happening on this night. Now, it's because of what he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Bethan wraps it up with, I love you. And Ivan's just like, okay. It's like, well, can't you say it back? It's like, no, but I will be there as fast as traffic will allow. And he's just like... <laughs> it's all about the mm, traffic, isn't it? He's not even yeah. angry at the traffic. He's just like, well, there's a speed limit. I'm doing an acceptable amount over the speed limit, but there's nothing I can do. It's traffic. It's the roads. <laughs> And you're just like, well, I mean, you're right, but stop being so level-headed. Yeah, stop being so damn logical, you bloody Vulcan. Yeah. So you can't help but feel sorry for Bethan as well, but... Because you do... You get her need for love. You get her need for affection and... Certainly the way she's described. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense that she would want to hold on to this baby because, yeah, 40s is... A man with no knowledge here, but it's where it gets risky to have children. So, uh, as far as she's concerned, this is her one chance to have a child. So, all of the motivations here make sense. Um, She would have it even if he didn't turn up. You know, it's sort of somewhere between is is all of this not a ploy. I sound like such a man saying this, but not a ploy to get him to come and be with her. Is, Is this her golden ticket? Um, so I think that she truly would have kept this baby anyway, but I think she is also thinking he has no choice but to love me now, but doesn't understand that that's not how, that's not how his brain works. He's so, there's no need, he has that back home, um, but she can definitely hope. And I think she is just living in hope. Yeah. Like, yeah, as, as you say, there's no question, like he is resolute. (sighs) He will be driving back home in the morning. Now, he might be driving home to a closed door, mm-hmm. but he will be driving home. And that is, in a way as well, that's worrying. And I say it's worrying because I don't think... He's not presented as, say, the kind of man who will drive to the hospital. I am here. I have seen child. I have signed birth cert. Yeah. See you at the child's you know, see you at Christmas. I don't oh, he's think he's going like to be that. in the child's life, um, yeah. which is why I don't necessarily think he drives home. I think he continues the conversation with his wife, but I don't think he would force himself back into the house until she was kind of ready. And maybe she comes round. Um, I would imagine that the next time he goes up there is to see the kids. So I think they arrange something to see the children, and he starts talking to his to his wife. Um, I think I like. From there. I like how real it was as well because I've been, I've been in situations of like high shock, you know, yeah. um, and in in some some of those situations I've been right, okay, need to plan, need to act, and one of the things that Katrina, who is played by sorry Ruth Wilson, who people yes. might know from Luther. his Dark Materials, oh yeah. sorry, I've you see I've not seen Luther, so oh yeah no, so her big um, coming out party was Luther, um, where she is batshit insane and dangerous but 
my second favourite thing about that TV show after Luther. Gotcha. She's awesome. She's awesome in it. Cool. Yeah, no, we like her. And I I don't necessarily know if I would have identified her voice straight away, but then no, once I didn't. you see the yeah. picture, you're like, oh, of course it's her. Yeah. Uh, it's the same. The only one I did identify was Tom Holland. Because I, I mean, didn't. I saw the I saw the oh, cast really? list and I went, oh, it's him. Tom Holland. Because um, this is yeah. pre-Spider-Man. Um, so it's, yeah, his voice is, you can't unhear it. And he's just, he's the perfect innocent English kid. Um, into his football, yeah, just yeah. he's perfect for this. Mum made the sausages you like, but anyway, no. So, oh, Cat- so Katrina says to him on the phone, um, "Right, you're gone." The one thing she repeatedly says, which is crushing, because there is, in this context, there is no argument to it. The difference between once and never is infinite. Um, it is. It, it, it mathematically is infinite. Yeah, um, and you can't and so undo says, that. You can't go back to zero. Yeah, especially. And then I'm sure there are, you know, a lot of men out there who cheated on their partners and, you know, they might have been like, oh, I would have got away with it as well if not for that damn kid. You know, so. Yeah. They. (laughs) But yeah, and, and you don't get that. You don't get this impression with him that he's like, oh, no, she decided to keep it. Oh, terrible. I would never have told anyone otherwise. But there is, he seems to be very, very honest. And this has all happened sooner because she's two months premature. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I believe that he was going to tell his wife. Yeah. Because he was going to be a part of this kid's life somehow. Now, if she hadn't kept the baby, I don't know because my, yeah. he's what we'll get onto is that he is compartmentalization personified. He can box things off very, very easily, which is why he's able to deal with each ridiculous problem as it appears throughout the night. Whereas most people would just be, fuck the building site. I oh, have yeah. got my life to put back together. Phone um, off nearly. Yeah, yeah. Off. Fuck Chicago immediately. I'm not I'm not dealing with it. But I think he could probably compartmentalise that one night and probably logically say, what's the pros and cons here? What's the benefit to the loss? Um, and I think that's a sketchier side of Locke that we don't get to see. It is, and it's sort of, you know, for for one way or another, I think there are many, many, many situations like that where little, little decisions go along the way. I won't yeah. tell her today because we're having a good day. I won't tell her this exactly. week because the bills have just come in and yeah. this is just another thing. And then it becomes, like. look, it was, if there was no baby, right? Look, it was one time and I know I'll never do it again. You know, and I'm so sure you what, thought what's you'd never the do good it the first time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and this is, I, I, I mean it when I say, I, I say none of this with judgment. This, this, I was going to say this took a turn. No, this was kind of an inevitable uh, conversation to have alongside this film. But th- th- there's no judgment when I say, yeah, two bottles of wine and suddenly he's jumping into bed with somebody else. I think there was, the way he is presented, there was a whole situational thing as well. As he yeah. said, he was celebrating the fact that they had just completed a massive project. Yeah. Um, which for him is the most important thing. Yeah, he mentions the rain, which everything is more romantic in the rain. So you can almost imagine this kind of giddy joking, oh, quick, let's get in out of the rain. And mm. you can the way they tell the story of it is it make 
makes sense is horrible, but you believe it. It's believable. Um, yeah. But he's as incredulous as anyone else. When he's explaining it to um, to Katrina, he's like, I don't believe that I'm saying this, but this is what happens. And she's so lonely and old, and I don't know why I did it, but I did. Not that this scores him any points, because it doesn't, but you almost feel that there was a part of him that it was like a pity shag. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even that's not okay because that no. trivializes as well. That doesn't do her any favors at all. It does. It just. Oh my god, he is not in any way like, despite how pragmatic he is being and how he is quote unquote doing the right thing, he's not really doing the right thing by her. It, she doesn't really factor very much into his mind. The no, child not at does. all. The child. It's all about the child. Um, yeah, especially, I think it's a boy, isn't it? I actually, George, I was, I was thinking back. I, I, I can't, I, I can't remember. I might be wrong, but I think she does say it's a there he. Is... Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's very much so. I, th- it's not explicitly said, but I think that Locke is the product of an affair. It, it, well, it definitely a broken home. Yeah, exactly. One end of it. No, you know what? He can't be because. Um, well, it is a broken home, but I think he is a legitimate child because, well, sorry, all children are legitimate, but he's, I think, the one out of the marriage because he said the locks are a long line of bastards and fuck-ups. Yeah. If he was part of an affair, he probably wouldn't have his dad's name. That is very... Yes, taking yeah, the that's... name is a big point for him. He wants this child to have his name. Um, so, obviously, his dad has done that and not given his name to the products of the affairs that he's had. Oh, complicated. It's it's hard because it's... In some situations, it's very easy to go, yep, you are an absolute cock. And yeah. you know what? You got pissed and you took your pants off. You, what's wrong with you? And that is exactly what happened. And yet, he is the family man. He is, he is constantly told by the people who are shouting at him how dependable he is and how yeah. reliable and how... What... Do, I mean, you would never do this. And the fact that he is that dependable, reliable person is the fact that he has walked off the job yeah. and he's left home to go to a woman he doesn't know so, so that he can metaphorically hold her... Well, really, Actually, if he gets there, but... yeah. yeah hold her hand while she's giving birth to his child. Yeah. and Because um, yeah. he's explaining it to, to Gareth. Um, and he's just like, Look, this this is the decision that I have made. I have not behaved in the right way with this woman at all. I behave like a way that isn't me. And he's just, he's, it's almost, he's explaining that to Gareth. He's explaining it to him. Don't laugh at my Welsh accent. It's spot on. I'm not saying um, <laughs> a word. Um, yeah, he's, he's explaining to Gareth how he's behaved not at all in a way how he would normally behave. He can't explain that, but he can try and fix it. Because now it is in... Whatever happened in the past, it's within his gift now to change it. Yeah. And it's... You, you, you almost feel so annoyed at him that night because him that night has ruined everything for him every other day of his year. Yep. Now, he Brilliant. is the same person. Nobody yeah. took control of his body. There was no possession going on. And yet you're just like, you, oh. But you, could, this... you could almost imagine if, uh, like, say, you know, imagine the scene himself on his best body in a pub. And he turns around to his best body and he says, all right, she's told, I, I've done this and she's told me she's pregnant. 
and the best buddy would be like, it, 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 what can you do to get out of this situation? Yeah. You know, least, you're an idiot yeah. and I hate what you've done, but, you know, what can you do to get out of it? Because you are Mr. Family Man, you are Mr. Dependable on the, you know, you can't risk these things. No. And what does he do? He throw, he, literally, he It's this fighting against nature, isn't it? So I think what kills him is that he's got this well-polished reputation, he's got the family he's always wanted, he's proved his dad wrong, but hasn't. So it's like he's been, there may have been a hundred opportunities where he could have had an affair and he put them all to bed and he's, his entire battle against his genetics and his nature has been undermined by this one night and I think that's what infuriates him. It's the severity of the, I suppose, consequences, you know, in a way, we all of us are consequences, us children. Um, (laughs) But uh, if he had driven drunk and crashed the car with just himself now yeah. and crashed the car look you're a you know you're an idiot and and sorry you can't say his dad was a heavy drinker and he had yes. done that yeah. then you could be like look you're not your dad you know you did this one thing uh which is which is terrible never do it again but you can't really use that argument when there's a baby no you can't brush it away can you yeah um, but i just i just love that 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 idea that this person, this cheating, horrible person has been inside him the whole time and he's just been suppressing it by overachieving. So he's not just a good site manager. He is the best. He is the most reliable. His reputation is so important to him because of that. The the Polish chap, um, is it Stefan? Stefan, yeah. Yeah, it says he's the best man in England. And, and he's just silent. Oh, yeah, man, that hits me. You're just like twisting the knife. Can we talk about, because this has been really, really heavy. Can we talk about Donald? Yeah, so I think we've covered off pretty much that. I'm glad we led with the heavy stuff because the film is about that. It's about this affair Mm. and it's about his life that he's lost. Why this is a fantastic film is the balance. So you've got really two big set pieces. You've got his home life and his work life. And the balance between <laughs> all all of the emotion and the passion and the love is at home. All of the f- is at the the building site. It's poor uh, Donald. Oh, I know. Poor, so Donald, who is uh, vocally played by Andrew Scott, um, you, you all know him, Moriarty and Sherlock. Yes. He is the sexy priest in Fleabag, and he's yes. in so many other things as well. Yeah. Uh, but he has a really distinctive voice i love him mm-hmm. as you know a fellow irishman but yeah. um he is so he's poor because he, yeah like he's he's on his way home basically when Locke rings him yeah um, everyone's packed up everyone's gone yeah. um he <laughs> he's he's a good man but he ain't no site manager he is not a site manager and he gets a <laughs> rapid unwelcome <laughs> promotion that night oh um, man basically Locke rings him and says I, you know, I need you to be me tonight. And you're yes. going to say, uh, come again? Uh, what? Uh, 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 no. You aren't, uh, you're kidding. Because he's like, this isn't you. You don't have affairs. Like, how is this? Oh, no, because he doesn't explicitly say it, does he? Doesn't, he says, no, I don't think he doesn't tell Donald. There's been a family thing that I have to go and do. And he's like, look, can you just tell me if someone's dead? Because this is really, really, like, it. Oh, he, somebody had he, better he goes, be like, dead. It's like, no oh, one's died. 
I, I, Ivan, Ivan, I fucking hate myself for saying it, but like, if your mom is dead or something, <laughs> you know, he's there fishing for what is an yeah. acceptable reason Make for this walking okay, off the job. Please. Yeah. He, so I'd, I'd, I'd kill your mother so this will be okay. Yeah, this will be fine. Yeah. Um, Locke just, he's just like, look, it's fine. Like, this is happening. So, again, next practical step. Um, Donald, this is happening. You are in charge. I will be on the phone every single minute. However, there are things that I need you to do, and there are things mm-hmm. that I need you to check. Um, and this is where just the... Oh, man, you don't want to laugh, but some of it is absolutely hilarious, and I can't help but laugh at it. Laugh at it. Joe, I'm thinking, right, so an odd comparison, but I'm going to compare this to the recent uh, Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit, for a second, right? Right. And in The Queen's Gambit, I've never, ever been so compelled watching somebody play chess. Yeah. And in Locke, I've never been so compelled <laughs> with watching somebody chase a council sign-off on a road closure at 6.45 in the morning. It's brilliant, and like, isn't it? Why is this so intense? Why am I... Like, yeah. I don't care that you're in an Indian restaurant. Yeah, Shut up just talk and to me ring Ten the... seconds. Oh. So, but there's a stop and go. So one of, the, one of the things he has to sort out is some road closures to allow these 12 lorries, or however many lorries it is, of cement, and then the cement is going to be poured into the foundations. To get the lorries in, you have to close off a load of roads. So there's one road, a stop and go, that needs permission from the council. He manages to get the phone number um, of the councilman, but he's a, he's having a curry. I was like, no, 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 don't disturb yeah. me. I'm having a curry. And you're like, fuck the curry. Just agree. But the beauty of it is he agrees because of... Uh, Ivan's reputation. So a previous job, Ivan gave everything in early. He gave he was didn't mess them about. He was perfect. And that bought him the stop and go on yeah. this job. Like it's his his manager who he talks to over the phone is a play a guy called Note that it, oh, I've lo- I've lost his name now. Um He has a mustache and I can't remember his uh, name. No, either. the actor is Ben Daniels. The actor again is from right that show that you don't like but he's in lots of other stuff as well um and uh no anyway right what while you're googling the character's name uh so the boss's gareth. character's name gareth thank yeah, you very gareth. much yeah gareth right so he's talking about that and gareth is obviously so like all the other characters starts with i can't believe it i can't believe it, I can't believe it and <laughs> gets increasingly riled yes. and then tries to kind of go like oh no basically fingers on my ears this isn't happening yeah so he is the the job as you said the job is massive if if the job had been building the corner house in an estate yeah nobody would have blinked at this they might have been they might have been like all right lock your reputation now will have taken a bit of a knock from this but come on like we can get it it just so happens to be the equivalent of putting the concrete lid on chernobyl like you cannot miss yeah, this you job. can't mess this up this is we're uh, building the eiffel no the eiffel tower it's a shit example we're building the empire state building this yeah. is the concrete pour for that you can't get it wrong yeah. um and so when you know Don- donald i think it's the first one to say he's like you're gonna get fired over this yeah, and the happen. first time it said you're kind of like okay you know, because it's you, you don't realise, because this is quite early in the film that Donald says it, and you don't realise the breadth of his reputation. Yeah. You kind of, the, 
10 years is kind of bandied about as a Nine number years. at the start. Not, oh, you're... <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you I don't care. Whatever, whatever the fuck it is, Ivan. that one. Yeah. It's nine I did, years. I, yeah. <laughs> Gareth's trying to do a nice thing for him as well. And all Locke can focus on is, it's nine years. If mm. you care, you get my length of service right. He is... Uh, this is... Speaking of... I've been a manager in the past, right? And speaking of... This is the ideal person to fire because he might be fired. But by fuck am I going to do this last job right? Absolutely. My, um, my reputation is not going to go down in flames. Um, I will sabotage everyone around me to make sure that this cement pour happens. Uh, and you get, a brilliant, you get a brilliant snapshot of what he's like to work for. Um, when he's like, right, when he's like, you need to ring all of the people that are providing the cement and make sure that it's C6. I've never been more obsessed w- with... What if it's nearly C5, no! though? Yeah, so what's the... No, Donald asks him, and just like, so is it? Is it? it's C6, isn't it? And No, don't ask me that as if it's a question. Of course it's C6. Oh. I've put it on the fucking clipboard. What else would it be? I was like, yeah, and then Donald kind of comes back and says, no, I know you don't like questions, so you, you get the... <laughs> this isn't a question. This, this isn't, isn't a question. question. Uh, and then how, proceed to immediately ask a question. How much does it need to be C6? Can we have, can we have one? And he gives oh, his descriptions of what the building will do. Um, I wrote them down because I absolutely love it. Yeah, he's describing how um, the, the weight of the building will change the water table. It was like it will. It will cast a shadow a mile long. It needs to be C six. Is that right? So C six, it is. Yes. Hang up. <laughs> like I've never been so even... obsessed with the consistency of concrete. Like so you, you don't trust God with concrete. Yeah. Oh my God. He's like, yeah. Look, it'll be a dry day tomorrow. What do you mean it's going to be a dry day? Yeah. You like, don't I know have, that. I have personally made a deal with God. It will not rain tomorrow. No, no. You don't trust God with concrete. It's too important. It's too delicate. I love that. And I also, I would I would love that if it went a little bit further. I would love this to be a universe where, no, 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 100% proof positive. God exists. Locke is a believer. And God is a feckless bricklayer <laughs> who just is untrustworthy. Uh, ah, and you're like, concrete. no. Don't trust God. God's going to fuck this up, all yeah. right? I need you to get Jim. No, Jim no, no. will do this right. Um, and you can... Because you can hear it happening. So part of the comedy is that Donald starts by, you know, <laughs> with a bottle of fizzy pop. <laughs> and then every phone call, you can hear him getting surlier and he's had another can of cider. And there's at one point where... you know, And Locke just says, you you will not drink tonight. You will stay up all night. This will be perfect. Yeah. You will you're gonna not sleep drink tonight. Apart from you're not going to sleep. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And it gets to, I think he's about... It might be two cans of cider in. And, and he kind of... This is, I think, the closest Locke comes to... I think it's a strategically spoken threat. Yes. But it's the closest he comes to almost uh, losing his cool, where he says, if you have one more can of cider, I will come down there and I will break both of your legs. And then you have Donald on the other side going, you're going to get angry at me. You, you dropped me into this. And, yeah. and that's Because that's when he finds out that he's been... And th- so this is a beautiful, beautiful piece of management. And it, it shows that he really understands people because... Yeah, he, he says, he kind of gets that he's being a bit shirty and he's like, so have you, that fizzy pop, I'm, I'm assuming it, I'm assuming you've had a cider. And that's when he's like, if you drink anything else, yeah, I'm going to break your legs. And 
the fact that Donald loses it with him is the tell. So I yeah. think Locke knows that Donald will not lose his shit and will not shout at him um, unless he's drunk. And to just deadpan, doesn't he could continue to shout at Donald, but then Donald's going to shut down. And he needs Donald, whether he's drunk or not, he needs him on site. And he's just like, so it is cider you've been drinking then? And he's like... Yeah, okay, cards on the table. Yeah, just it's been one can. It's like, right, well, now that you're honest, we can take the next practical step and move on from here. Don't fucking drink anymore and we'll be fine. It's such a managerial tool. It is, yeah. It's knowing when to use the stick and when to use the carrot. Absolutely. One of the, again, one of the funnier bits with Donald is after so he goes and he's he's doing what he's told he's in he you know it's going to be c6 that's fine so he starts to inspect the site inspect the pumps and then inspect the shuttering yeah and he rings him up and at this point you know Donald is at least three if not four cans of cider in because where up to this point he's been like yeah boss you know or he's been like sullen but he's still at everything yeah he rings him up it's all fucked. It's fucked. It's fucked. They it's fucked. fucked us. Yep. It's all fucked. Um, dodgy. They, I don't know. Dodgy. Yeah. No, they weren't German, were they? Who were they? The dodgy. Um, were they Hungarian? Yeah, the dodgy Hungarians mm-hmm. or whoever they were. They yeah. fucked us. It won't take my weight, let alone yeah. all of this concrete. Yeah. Pushed it. I just pushed it and it fell over. Yeah. yeah. And Locke is just like you know. At this point, you know the, the how he how he hasn't gone grey in this drive. Yeah. And he goes, right. You're gonna go down to this street it's blocked off you're gonna find stefan stefan is currently you know they they don't have a license to work after 10 you're gonna tell him 500 bring two of his guys and like i'm just watching the film going how is he keeping his cool and then part of me is like you know he's got something for every single problem and you know that those he obviously knew that those guys were there he knew that they were working there so he had them as a backup plan yeah even if he was still on site he would have had to do this so all he needs to do is instead of go there himself, he probably would have sent Donald to do this anyway. I think he, w- he would have yeah. stayed on site. So this probably would have happened whether Locke was there or not. Um, but again, it's his reputation that that brings the Polish guys over. Like, yeah, I'll do anything for Locke. I, he's a good man and I, I owe him a favour. Um, but it, it does spawn my favourite little quote in the film and it's the most joy that you see from Locke because this is the last hurdle everything has gone wrong but yeah. nothing can go wrong after this it, it's fine um and he's just his logic is like well you can't drive because he's already been caught over the limit and he'll lose his license so I was like will you fucking run then Donald you can run like the wind when you're drunk he so plays him up so much. Yeah. It's brilliant. You know, you could, you can, you could run fast when you've everyone, had a few drinks. Yeah, everyone can run faster when they've been drinking. Oh. It's like you do, you do it for the piece of sky that we're stealing, and it's like oh. you do it for the concrete. It's so good. It's a tale of one man's love affair with his concrete. Really, it is yeah. Do it for the air that is going to be displaced by this monumental beast that's going to cast this mile long shadow it's going to disrupt the water table like this is i think doc would be passionate about any career and any field that he got into it's just very jarring to hear it so passionately about concrete isn't it which is why i think it's a beautiful beautiful career choice for the story um it made me passionate about concrete i just wanted to i wanted to know more about it (laughs) that's it same 
uh, like I was going to make a joke there, but no, same. Like it's like, yeah. Oh man, like there's there's so much more to this than I've ever considered. Yeah. Here I am, like, uh, quoting uh, comedian Tommy Tiernan. Like I am the you know the lifelong artist. I get blisters pointing. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> but uh, but I did work just... in a warehouse for a summer. I am actually a badass. Oh, it looks. But... You can show it's really weathered, yeah. No, oh, thank you very much. But after yeah. he's like done this, Donald's just like you've gone mad, and he's just like, yes, that would be a fair assessment. <laughs> Can't deny it. I am. I'm now mad. I'm bonkers. Um, but it it's the the mistake that jumps out at me so much is the 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 site bible. So the site manager's guide. Yeah. And he's just like, right. I need you to to find the find the site manager's guide. That's that's what you need. It's going to have all of the phone calls. You're going to have to make some decisions based on this book. And he doesn't believe Donald. When Donald says, I haven't got it, it's not here. And he's like, no, 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 of course it is. And he's like, fuck, it's in the glove box. And when he hangs up after that call and just punches the steering wheel and screams, fuck, you're like, oh, man, this is really bad. Like, he's not going to tell anybody that he's losing it, but he's really losing it. That's, That's the thing. And it's weird. Like, the fact that he got another woman pregnant feels like less oh, of a it mistake. It seems like that frustrates him less. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but like this thing that he's just like absolutely every number he could conceivably need is driving 90 miles an hour in the wrong direction from where it needs to be. Yeah. I love as well you you just again how how much he's on top of everything is that he gives Donald clear instructions so they start they, he kind of talks him through the first few bits like reading the book as he's driving and then he's like grand okay and you must now go and ring you know pc daniels or whoever yeah and you know curving off gives it 10 minutes rings pc daniels hello have you been called by yes i have yeah thank you i'm just checking you know he's leaving absolutely nothing to chance um yeah so you just you've got that punctuated with um uh his boss gareth that is still trying to get through to him and then that's just like a little nagging thing of he keeps having to duck that call and he's got to rely on donald not taking his call as well because he's going to send some teenager site manager that doesn't know what he's doing and they're going to fuck it up um he trusts nobody which from experience is not a good trait in a manager um (laughs) but you have to be able yeah it seems like from experience he he can't that's true as well because it's although Donald seems to be his kind of bumbling right hand man because Donald says I've known you these past nine years, yeah. you know. Um, but he's got they, the technical knowledge. He knows what he's. So sorry to talk over you again. Um, but he's when the very first phone call when Donald is like I can't do this and it's like of course you can. You've done. You've done cement farming. You've done this, and it's like, yeah, no, but nothing this size. It's fine. It's just bigger. The, the cement just gets poured longer. It takes more time, but it's exactly the same. And it's that frustrating logic that, yeah, this is a massive project, but it's only scalable from the small projects that you've already done. So why can't you do this? And you know, that's good advice, I think, for anyone. Like every project is either. As big as or bigger than the one you did before. Exactly. And just look at it that way. Yeah, exactly. It should all scale, unless it's in a completely different field. Um, Yeah, okay. Like Now, in fairness, Donald, I need you to open the aortic valve. Yeah. Okay. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Now, you need to clamp the vena cava first. (laughs) 
Do it for the piece of vein we're bypassing. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I'm a bricky. Um, um, but it is so. It's his focus on his work and his job that I think really, really loses his marriage, because there's an argument. There's an argument online yeah. that she, his wife, was already thinking of leaving him, and this was a way to get out. So she focuses on the concrete footsteps. Like you leave, you leave concrete behind wherever you go, which is what a oh man, that's a metaphor and a half, isn't it? She's got to chip away at the ground to get rid of his footsteps. The thing is, he absolutely succeeds in this film at ensuring that what he loves the most goes well. Yep, he succeeds. The concrete gets poured. And that's probably the biggest criticism against Locke, is that it's not not his family, although he clearly loves his family in the Mm -hmm. way that you can hear the way he speaks to them. And it's not Bethan and his new child, nope. uh, although he will he will do the right thing and yeah. he will be there and everything. But where his passion is, is in cold, hard concrete. It is. And I, I think part of it is that he can control all of the problems with the concrete. He can fix all of that. He's got a solution. He can't necessarily fix his wife. He can't control her decision. If she's decided to leave him, that's the decision. Um... And I think there is a pivot point where he could have saved it. And it's when he's trying to... He's rung his son to get the phone number of the council person. She does. She throws him... It almost feels like she's... Right. Here's the option. The door is open. Yes, absolutely. I am allowing you to walk through the door or I'm allowing you to shut the door. Yep. I have this number in my hand. Ivan, do you want the number? Yes. And then she hangs up. What if he'd said no? Because that's the, he has to choose right then and there. Because he doesn't know that Donald is going to come through with the phone number, which is crushing. Yeah. But that is the pivot point, isn't it? I choose between the site or my wife. And he chooses the concrete. He does. Oh, man, this film. is On the surface of it, it's not deep at all. It's man has a fair, leaves job laying concrete. And yet, the way it, that it's presented, the way it's written, the way that the words, the words that the script itself is absolutely flawless. The way he puts words together, like I want to know that I'm not driving in one direction. I want to know that there is a return journey on this trip, and you can tell me that. Um, yeah, the, just the way that the script is put together is just oh, it's it's like. In a way, because this is it's present, it, it's not a one take film, and and there are breaks in the yeah, in the way it's, it's not depicted. trying to be yeah, it's kind of it feels one take ish because it's all on the one drive. This was filmed in six nights. Yeah, so I've seen conflicting things. It was six or eight nights. So either way, let's say a week. Um, yeah, and from what I can work out, they filmed it twice a night over that week. So they basically spent three or four hours doing that hour and a half journey twice a night and then snipped together the best scenes all the way through. Um, and the only, so they they had to do it in three half hour segments because the memory card on the camera would do half an hour of footage and then they had to change memory cards. There, there was the other thing, so, now I'm sure you know this, but 
in the in the film uh he's on 75 million phone calls and every so often the car will speak out loud and say you have a call waiting yes and it breaks his concentration you know you can see that he's in the middle of trying to fix something that was added because the car that they were driving the actual car itself had a had a vocal warning for when the fuel was running low and it would say you are running low on food uh, or fuel and every time that happened, you will see it. You can see it as the film goes on. First, Locke kind of blinks and keeps talking with his phone call. Then, as it goes on, he gets more and more frustrated. And yeah. that's Tom Hardy getting really frustrated that he's giving these intense yep. performances that is then cut across by the car <clears throat> going, You are low on fuel. Yeah, like, so it was done in post production. They changed it to You have that. a call waiting. Like, it's don't so talk over me. Clever. I'm, I'm, I'm acting here, I'm a serious actor. But it is a stroke of genius, isn't it? Because it still works yeah. with the confused face. So good. Um, it acts. It, so the one criticism I have that slightly takes me out of the film, and Stephen Knight, the director and writer, has admitted this himself, is that it feels like an advert for the BMW X5 or whatever it is, doesn't it? It feels like a bit of an It is advert. quite a cool car. It's a yeah. very cool car. It's not the car yeah. they wanted. They wanted um, a Land Rover or Range Rover, but apparently they didn't want to know. Um, but yeah, BMW oh. gave them two of these cars, um, and yeah, it's just it's it's odd how decisions are made, isn't it? Would the film be a lot different if it was in a Land Rover? Because I, I feel like the car is stereotypically quite a now a Land Rover kind of a you know more of a rugged car for you know you know somebody <laughs> who works on a site. I I get that, um, but also the, but, he's the site manager. I, Good chunk of his yeah. job is in the office now. Yeah. Well that, well, that too. And also, the size of the jobs they're talking about, yep, totally understand he would be driving a, high, a yes. high-end car. Absolutely. You know? He's on a fair whack. Um, so, so, yeah, love how it was filmed. Like, And it was literally just the car was put onto the back of a trailer, and the trailer is driving down the M1. Um um, oh, makes sense. So that's what you've. It's, it's I bought the magic of it. I won't lie. I, I bought the magic of it. Yeah. It's filmed on three cameras, but Tom Hardy isn't doing any driving at all. Um, the the lane changing and all of that is just shots of somebody changing lanes. But all of the the internal stuff. It is on the M1. Um, he literally drives past Northampton, nearly past my house. Yeah. Drives past Luton, my old house and where I currently work. In fact, this morning, I drove past Junction Eleven exactly in the same lane that the truck would have been in um heading southbound towards luton so it is so bizarre knowing that you're driving on the same bit of road i was laughing because i i'm a dub so i know nothing of your motorways i know nothing of anything but from being your friend i know that luton is south of northampton so at that point i went oh he's driving south yes exactly i've helped you (laughs) yay and i feel like i'm part of things (laughs) <laughs> the journey itself it makes sense like that is that's how long it would take and it could could have been done as a as a one shot and um sarah made a good point on twitter it would make a damn good play and i've thought this as well yes it would it, <coughs> excuse me it absolutely works as a play um man i wouldn't want to be the person acting in that play because that is that's a lot that you've got to draw on in an hour and a half but i would pay money to watch this on stage especially if it was yeah. tom hardy oh yeah that too but i think yeah no it's phenomenal oh boy so will you um is there anything else you wanted to talk about in the film i've hit the bits that i love 
No, I think I think we've we've covered it all. It's I suppose it has a somewhat happy ending because it closes on he's pulled up to you you can tell it's the last scene because he's pulled the car off the road for yes. a second because he's he is obviously moving for the entire film and then he has tried to ring Bethan. Um, there was a complication. The cord is wrapped around the baby's neck, so they're going to have a C-section. Yeah. And so she has gone under the knife. So she's kind of not really in the last, say, half hour of the film. And then I think the immediately previous phone call was a last phone call with Gareth, the boss, who was sort of... No, he was ringing him to go, why isn't Donald picking up his phone? Um... And Locke is able to say, I've sorted everything, you know. Yeah. And Gareth's like, but you no, know, you're you're still fired. Locke's like, that's not the point. The mm-hmm. point is, I've sorted everything. Everything's okay. And Gareth goes, you know, oh, well, you know, Chicago this, Chicago that. And Locke, it's the only time that you see Locke kind of go like, right, here we are. And he goes, I've learned two words tonight, Gareth. And those words are, fuck Chicago. It's um, spine-tingling, isn't it? And the next phone call that he gets while the car is parked and he's almost, you know, you don't know what he's going to do at this point. Right. And Bethan rings and he goes, are you okay? And they see you here is just the little, the baby just gurgling over the phone. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like, are you going to come? And he's like, yeah, of course I am. Yeah. I don't know if you would call it a happy ending, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a sad ending either. I think it's just an ending. It doesn't have to be happy or sad, does it? It is. Nobody wins in this situation apart from Chicago, ironically, because the job will have been pulled off. But um, it's an ending. It's the. It's a satisfying ending. I, oh, I don't even know if it's... No, it is satisfying, but nobody's no, a real winner. Um, there's, yeah. there's one more bit I wanted to touch on, and it gets back to quite the heavy stuff. It's... The only time you really see see Locke cry is when he knows that his son is aware that something is now wrong. So mum is smashing plates. She won't come out of the toilet. She said to him that you're not going to be coming home. Uh, so that he's she said to the to Tom Hardy that oh, damn it to Tom Holland that Locke isn't going to be coming home. Um, and he goes into denial. He's just like I'm hiding in my bed. Uh, and he's left him a he's left him a voicemail. That's what it is because he couldn't get through on the phone. And it's describing the goal um, and what he wants to do, and that they're going to pretend that the pretend that they're they're watching the game for the first time. They're going to get the sausages, and he's just he knows that's not going to happen, but that's his coping mechanism, and that's what breaks Locke entirely. Like my son now sees me the way that I see my dad. And that's the, you've got to imagine that's that his one goal in life was to not be his dad. And despite his action, despite he got this woman pregnant, despite that, he is not his dad. No, and he's not. Your heart breaks for him. Yeah. You know, it's you know, he's not innocent, but no. he is not guilty. But he's worked his entire life to not be the part of the long line of shit that the locks are um and his his message to is it to gar i think it's to um no it's to his dad it's the last conversation that he has with his dad in inverted commas um it's just that you have to be solid and there are times when your kids are gonna hate you there are times when they will love you but it won't matter either way because you are solid and you are consistent so they will always have you as a they will always have him as a constant in their lives 
regardless of how they feel about him. And that's the main thing. You can't get parenting right. There isn't a, an instruction manual. But what you have to be is present. Um, and he will be present for, for this kid. And that is such a, that's such a good message. Yeah, it is. Like, there is good takeaways in this. Mm. He's he's not a bastard. No. Um, there's no... He's not a lecherous man. He wasn't out looking for somebody else. And no. you certainly get the feeling that he had... You know, as he said, it was only one time. Doesn't make it okay. But it's very different. He's not a serial cheater. No. Um, oh, this is it is problem solving the movie, isn't it? And I love it. Yeah, it, really it really appeals is, to yeah. my logical, logical side of me. As anxious as he is, he very quickly comes up with a solution to everything. Um, yeah, masterpiece of filmmaking. Is it on your rewindables list now, Sean? Is it a film that you're going to come back to? Oh, clearly not, because it's bored the shit off of you. Oh, I was going to say, cut that one out and post. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed. It. I think because it's it's got a good length, it does. Yeah. So that means it doesn't drag anything. Because again, if your your elevator pitch for this film, man drives to hospital. Yeah, you know he's like, okie dokie. Um, but it has to be Tom Hardy. It has to be somebody that can. So Stephen Knight said he only ever pictured Tom Hardy in it because he needed somebody that could carry the audience's attention for 90 minutes, and Tom Hardy yeah. can absolutely do that. There is, there's a few other people I can imagine doing it, but I don't want to watch this film with anyone other than Tom Hardy in it. Yeah, no, this this is it for me now. Yeah. Uh, it's also like... I think I was saying, there's no sequel. If there's a sequel, we do not feel sympathy uh, for this man. I'm going to my other child's birth. It's like, uh, now Ivan. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But We've no, it's it, it's excellent. Can I see myself watching it again? Yes, I can because I it's a it's a solid, tight film. You do feel for the guy. It is as heavy as we've described it, but it's not a depressing. You won't come out of it feeling. There are some heavy films where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't think I want to watch that one again. I don't know why you went it's not English. Like that. That's my part. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, thank it. I really enjoyed this film. It was good. It was grand. Go back to Welsh. Do it for the piece of sky that we're stealing. Gotta do it for the piece of sky that we're stealing. Do it for the land that will be displaced. <laughs> oh, we we are going to rightly get hell from our Welsh listeners. Our Welsh listeners, we love you. We do. We are we are so sorry. I can't believe he played Cardwell. Cardwell's usually a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite insult now is to describe somebody as a donkey in a Welsh accent. I well, don't do a podcast with Sean. He's a fucking donkey. It's true. I am though. That is a totally fair description. <laughs> Oh dear, right, Sean, before we actually lose you to the land of sleepy buys, what, um, next week it's on to your turn, so we'll have Rewindables Part 3, what are we looking at, and will you all watch along with us? Uh, It is 2001's Mindbender, Donnie Darko, and it's the theatrical version for everyone out there, because there is a director's cut, it is, yeah, it's the theatrical version that we will be covering next week. Mm. Um, I... I've seen this movie twice. I have thoughts. Oh, cool, cool. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's it's one of those films that's it's on the list of must watch must watch cinema. So whatever you think mm. about it, and whatever it's it's definitely a cult classic. But it's one of those films that has to be watched. It has to be seen. I think so. Please, if you haven't watched it, go out and watch it. Um, let us know what you think on Twitter. Let us know even more what you thought about with Locke. I love talking about it this last week. Um, anything else Good. to get off your chest, Sean? 
Um, no, guys, just in our in, in the current climate of everything, look after yourselves. Um, uh, things have been a bit heavy recently. Um, I've I've seen the words doom scrolling being used an awful lot recently. So please try and avoid doing that. Or if you do find yourself falling into that doom scrolling pit, come up for air. Text your friends. Text your family. Message us. DM yeah. us. Do something um, that makes you happy. Go back and yeah. watch Locke and imagine that it's me sat in the seat doing a hideous a hideous Welsh accent. And you know what? If you can't do that, Stand By Me is still a pretty good film too. Oh man, I love Stand By Me. This has been so, so good. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com, and check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com, where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at galactic underscore Dave, and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome, and we love you very much.